We're concluding our series today talking about overcoming. In week one, we talked about overcoming the curse of comparison. Now I know none of us here have ever compared ourselves to anybody else in the past. It's not something that we do because we're so good and we're so great and, and, and you know, we're so strong within our own selves and our own faith and happy in our own skin that we never compare ourselves to anybody else or never compare anything that we had to anybody else, not half, wouldn't we? And we talked about how God designed a race uniquely for you and I, and he told us to run our race in a way that only you can win. I think a lot of us sometimes when we run our race, we, we, we're, we're looking over our shoulders to see what everybody else is doing, and, and we're thinking that they can overtake us and win our race, but I think we lose sight of the fact that, that God has uniquely, uniquely designed a race for you that only you can win. And that you're not racing against your sister. You're not racing against your brother. You're not racing against your parents. You're not racing against your friends. You're not racing against anybody else. And I, for one, I'm thankful to God for that. Because I'm not a good racer. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We talked in week two about overcoming the comfort of apathy. Praise God. That's the whole message all on its own. Amen. That was in week two. If you missed week two, praise God. Go back and listen to that one again. And then we talked about... In week three, we talked about overcoming the labels of lies. People will try to label you. They've done it since you were born. Oh, he's a very small baby. He's a weak-looking baby. He's, oh, yeah, he, he, you know, he's small for his age. And, and all the way up along, he, he, he's, uh, he's not very bright, is he? He's not very smart. You know, he'll never amount to a whole lot. Uh, all up along, we've had labels put on us, even right up as far as today. And we talked about last week, we talked about stopping seeing ourselves through the eyes of those who don't care about us and starting to see ourselves through the eyes of God who cares about us, amen, and has a plan for us. We need to offload these labels of lies that people have placed on us for our whole lives and start seeing ourselves as God sees us, amen. amen. Let me encourage you, if you missed any of those messages, you can go back and you can Watch them on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page. They're there too on our website. Uh, you want to listen to them, you can listen to them on iTunes. They're there as well, all under alivechurch.ie. Amen. Today, in conclusion, I want to talk to you about something uh, that's... Uh, praise God, I believe every, every one of us suffers from this. I believe there's not one of us here, big or small, old or young, that hasn't at some stage in our lives and maybe even still have suffered with fear. Anybody not suffer with fear? Nobody. I believe we all have. And what we want to talk today about is how do we overcome this fear? How do we defeat fear? How do we get past fear? How do we, when a fearful situations come, how do we deal with fear in such a way that, you know, we can, we can defeat fear? Amen? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Praise God. Now, we live in a world that's full of so many things we can be fearful for. Amen. I know, I know people who basically don't really leave their houses because they're afraid of what's going on in the world. I had a conversation with an elderly lady last week and said to me, sure, you wouldn't even walk around the town now, she said, for fear of what might happen. I had another friend, a believer, and he said the same to me. He said, I don't walk around the town at night anymore because I'm afraid of what might happen to me. Amen. Fear. It's all around us. The fear of the dark. 
the fear of what's going on in the world. Look, look at you, you just watch the news this evening at 6 o'clock, and if you take it all in and you let it all feed into your spirit, you'll do nothing. You won't start a business because you have a fear of failure. You won't get married because you have a fear of failure there too. You won't have, you won't have kids because you're afraid of the world that you're raising kids in. We, we live in a very fearful time. But we're going to talk about how can we can overcome those fears today. Amen? I know for some people, they have a huge fear of thunderstorms. They're afraid of thunderstorms. Other people are afraid of smaller things, maybe losing their job or, or getting bad results in an exam or having a bad hair day. <laughs> Other people's fears are maybe smaller than that. But we all have fears. Amen? Women, you have fears. I'm not going to get into that today. It's too big. Men, we have fears. One of the greatest fears for men is not being able to provide. Amen? As a father, as, as a man, as a husband, one of your biggest fears is, is not being good enough, not being able to provide, not being able to take care of your family. That's one of the men's biggest fears. And, and you know, I know plenty of men will say, oh, I don't have any fears. Yes, you do. You do. You have fears. We all have fears. Amen? Men, women, children. But here's the thing. We got to recognize and realize that 2 Timothy 1 tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Isn't that good news? That God has not given us a spirit of fear. We don't have to allow fears to dominate our lives. Amen. We can overcome fears. Amen. What I want to do today is, is I want to get very practical in what we talk about today. I want to talk about, yes, recognizing our fears, but I also want to talk about how to overcome our fears. I want us to see straight off that fear is not from God. Amen. Amen. Fear is not from God, and we should not accept anything that's not from God. Amen. If something is not from God, reject it straight off. Fear is not from God. So with God's help today, we are going to learn to overcome fear that I know for many of us is absolutely destroying our lives. Yeah. As I say, I know people who won't go out at night because they are afraid of what might happen. Amen? I know people who won't go to different places because they're afraid. They're always constantly living in fear of what might happen. Some people say that fear is the opposite of faith. But I want to challenge you this morning by saying that fear is faith in the wrong place and the wrong things. Amen? Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is actually when we put our faith in the wrong things. Fear is an actual faith. So today we're going to take our faith out of those wrong places, out of those wrong things, and we're going to put our faith in the one who said that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We're believing that God is going to empower us to overcome fear. And the first thing we need to do in that is we need to define fear. What is fear? Well, fear, as we say, is, is putting our faith in the wrong things, but fear is putting our faith in the what-ifs. What-ifs. What might happen? What could happen? Isn't that what fear is? In a thunderstorm, if you're afraid of, of, of thunderstorms, fear is putting your faith in the what if I get struck by lightning? 
even though the chances are billions to one. But if, you ha if you're afraid of thunderstorms, your fear in that thunderstorms, it's not all the loud noises because the loud noises can't help you. It's the fear that I may get struck by lightning, even though the odds are so long. And this is exactly what Moses did when God called him and asked him to go on a mission for him. Then Moses answered and said in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1, But supposing they will not believe me or listen to my voice, supposing that they say that the Lord has not appeared to you. You see, instead of placing faith in God's promise, Moses was putting his faith in the what-ifs. What if they don't listen to me? What if they reject me? What if they laugh at me? What if they call me names? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Isn't that what we often do when we find ourselves in fearful situations? Yeah. We go with the what-ifs. I challenge you this morning to look for someone in the next week that you can witness to. But I know that for most of you, and including me, that brings a fear. What if? What if they reject me? What if they look at me and, and look at me and laugh at me? You know, I've worked with these people for years. What if they laugh in my face and say, you don't believe in that, do you? What's wrong with you? That's a fear. Amen? That's a fear. And that's the fear that Moses had. Amen? We put our faith in the what-ifs. What if the economy collapses again? And I lose my job. And I haven't got enough money to pay the mortgage or pay the rent. What if something happens in my relationships? What if I, if, I, if I lose my health? What if I pick the wrong college course? What if I end up in the wrong job? What if something happens to my marriage? What if I lose my husband or lose my wife? What if I marry a clown? They're all what ifs, amen? Well, church, here's the thing. Although your what ifs are not from God, they actually do matter. They matter because what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. Yeah. Yeah. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. You know, people don't go out and buy these, these million euro paintings and bring them home and hang them above the fireplace. Amen. No, they don't. Why don't they? I mean, you've gone and spent all that money on this magnificent painting. Why wouldn't you hang it someplace where everyone can see? Why? Because you're afraid of something happening to it. Because you've got this huge investment in this painting now, and you're not going to hang it over your fireplace because you don't want to get all smoke on it, and you don't want it to get the sun to be shining on it during the day when you're not in the house and, and fading part of it. No, you don't, you don't do that because you're, you, you now have a huge investment in something, and you're afraid of something happening to it. So what you actually do with it is, is you, you put it someplace secure. You either you have a safe yourself and you lock it away in the safe yourself or you, you go to the bank or a vault or someplace like that and you ask them to protect it for you because you're afraid of, of it being damaged or stolen or something. If you're afraid of losing your marriage, what, what do you value? Your marriage. If you're afraid of something happening to your child, what does that show? It shows that you love and you value your child. That's a good thing. If you're afraid of losing your job and not being able to pay the bills, it shows that you put value into your financial security. And what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And what you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. Okay. Think about that one. Yeah, okay. 
What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. Amen. If you're afraid of losing your marriage, does that mean that you don't trust God with your marriage? I think it does. If you fear something happening to your kids, even though that's, 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 that's okay, that's, that's, a good parent will always want to seek to protect and keep their kids safe. That's good. That's wisdom. But if you're constantly living in fear that you will not let your child walk outside the front door without having them in a harness or keeping them in a pram until they're 19, if you're afraid to let them go any place or anywhere, I mean, that shows that you are actually have a fear there, and a fear is a stronghold. Amen? Amen? If, 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 that's, if you fear the most something happening to your kids, that shows that you are not trusting God with your kids. Amen? If you fear intensely that something may happen with the economy, something may happen to your job, you may lose your job, you may lose your security, you may lose your home, uh, you, you, that, that shows that you're not trusting God to be your provider. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you today to be honest and truthful and acknowledge where the fear of the what-ifs in your life is stronger than your faith in God. Amen. Amen. Let's give it a name. I'm not trusting God with my children. I'm not trusting God with my marriage. I'm not trusting God with my income, my finances. I'm not trusting God with my loved ones, my aging parents. I'm not trusting God. That shows where you're not trusting God enough. Amen? These things. What's it for you in your life? What's your biggest fears? What are you not trusting God with? Think about it for a while. You can give it a name. And as you give it a name, I want you to remind yourself of the truth that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So here's the question. How will God empower us to overcome these fears? How will he empower us? Church, here's what I believe we need to do. We need to acknowledge our fears, and then we need to trust God anyway. It's okay acknowledging your fears. It's okay saying, listen, I am afraid that something will happen to my kids. I am afraid that something may happen to my marriage. I, I, I am afraid that something may happen to my income. But even in all of that, we need to trust God anyway. Amen. Yeah, amen. Most people don't like thunderstorms. What do they do if they don't like thunderstorms? They hide under the table. They'll hide under the bed. They'll go hide themselves somewhere thinking that if I hide myself somewhere and I can't hear it or I can't see it, then no harm will come to me. Do you know what a lot of people do when they're driving their cars and when they see that a collision is imminent? What do most people do? They close their eyes. They take their hands off the steering wheel. That's what most people do. Because they believe if I can't see it and if I'm not controlling it, then it's not happening. It's like the whole ostrich technique. Now, I don't know whether ostriches actually do this or not. I don't know. I have no proof to say they do. But I know for years we've always said that the ostrich in times of fear will bury its head in the sand. Now, I don't know if that's the truth or not. I kind of don't believe it. Because I believe if that was the truth, we'd have no ostriches today. 
Because burying your head in the sand doesn't make the fear go away. Amen? We can't do that. When things come on us, when difficult times come on us, the last thing that we need to do as believers is to ignore them. Stick our fingers in our ears and close our eyes and, and, and start singing uh, something to block out the, 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 the trouble or the fear that's in front of us. Yeah. Think it's not happening to me. <coughs> no, what we need to do is we need to acknowledge what fear has a grip of us. And in that acknowledgement, we need to trust God anyway. Amen. We need to acknowledge that I'm afraid of something happening to my marriage, but I'm going to trust God anyway. I need to acknowledge that, yes, when my kids go out and when, I, when they're not underneath my control, that I am afraid that something could happen to them. But, hey, listen, I can't live this way. I'm going to trust God anyway. Amen? Amen? We can't let this fear dominate my life. can't let it dominate your relationships. We've got to choose to trust God anyway. Amen? Because I can't tell you, and, and, and God can't even tell you, don't fear even though he says fear not. But he can't make you. Amen? He can't make you not fear. But what you got to do is, when these times of fear come on, you got to just say, hey Lord, listen, I'm concerned, but you told me to fear not. I've got to trust you anyway. I've got to give it to you anyway. Because you know what? In your own strength, there's nothing you can do anyway. Because you're not going to keep your kids on a leash until they're 30, 40, 50. You're not going to keep tabs on them. You, you, at some time, you've got to release them to the world. But your husband or your wife, you've got to let them work. You've got to let them go do the grocery shopping. You've got to let them out into the world. Amen? You can't be with them 24-7. So even though you fear things may happen, you've got to trust God anyway. Amen? This is what David did in, in, in the Old Testament. Before David was the king... The king at the time was King Saul, and Saul knew that David was anointed to be king. And Saul also knew that people loved David. The people loved him, because he was a mighty warrior. He killed Goliath, and they thought he was great. They thought he was fantastic, and Saul was jealous of David. And Saul he was, got so jealous of David that he put a plan together to put a hit out on him. He sent out word, hey, listen, I want this guy dead. And David knew that. And he was terrified, rightly so. King puts a hit out of you, be afraid. Amen? But what did David do? David chose to put his faith in God despite his fears. Amen. Psalms 56, and it says in verse 2, it says, My enemies would hound me all day, for they are many who fight against me almost high. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? You see, despite the fear and the threat on his life, David said, in God, I trust, and I am not afraid. I mean, the king had a hit on his life. But he said, in God, I will trust, and I will not be afraid. David also asked there, he said, what can mere mortals do to me? If God is on your side, what can mere mortals do to you? Amen. See, we need to start believing 
the Word of God when it tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, if God is for you, who can be against you? We need to start believing that, don't we? We need to start believing when we read Isaiah 54 that no weapon formed or fashioned against you will prosper. You need to start believing that, amen? You need to start confessing that, amen? In your prayer time, you need to confess it, amen? When you read in Romans 8, 37 that we are more than conquerors, hey, listen, you need to believe that. You need to personalize that. You need to say, hey, listen, despite everything that's going on around me, despite all the stuff that's going on in my life, despite all these fears that are trying to get a hold of me, I'm more than a conqueror. To Him. Amen? Not in my own strength. Thank God, not in my own strength. There's not a whole lot we can conquer on our own. Amen? But to Him, we are more than conquerors. Amen? We need to put our trust in 1 Peter 2 that says, who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. We need to trust that when we start feeling that things are not right in our bodies, when things are not going right, not feeling right in our bodies, we need to trust and believe that He, that by His stripes we were healed. We need to trust and believe in the Word of God. Amen? Not the Word of man. We need to, when fear tries to come upon us and, and already has a grip on us, we need to start drawing close to God. We need to start pulling closer to God, amen? Not pulling ourselves away from God. We need to pull closer to God, amen? We need not, not to lean on our own understanding, but we need to acknowledge God in all of our ways and trust in Him, amen? amen. This is what David did when he had some very obvious reasons to live in fear. He pressed into God, amen? And when you have obvious reasons in your life to fear, instead of turning away from God, you need to turn into God. Amen. Psalms 34 and says in verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord and He heard me. Do you know that when you seek God, He'll never ignore you? Amen. Amen. If you seek God, He will hear you. And it says, and He, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Now, I... I, I, I I get confused sometimes, forgive me, with this word all. Does it mean everything or does it mean most? I, I kind of believe and have been led to believe that when God says all, that he means totality, completion, everything. So if, 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 if we turn to God and he hears us, and if we turn to God and he hears us, and then it says that He will deliver us from all of our fears. Praise God. That's a scripture for me, amen? amen? David said right in the middle of his fears, when King Saul had a hit on him, that he turned to God and he sought God, and God delivered him from all of his fears. Right in the middle of your greatest fears, you need to press into God, and God will deliver you from those fears. Amen? Fears will add nothing to you. Only they will take from you. Amen? They'll take from you your peace. And by turning and trusting in God, it will give you confidence to know that, that God has, has delivered you from your fears and has given you great peace. Amen? Glory to God. So the next time that your kids are not within leash range, so the next time that you 
have a concern over your relationships or over your parents or over your, your family. and You need to just turn to God. Trust God. Because He takes care of those things that concern us. Those things that give us fear. Amen? John 14 and verse 27. <coughs> Jesus speaking. I love the words in red. Amen? Jesus said, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. Don't let fear grip your hearts. Don't let fear overcome you and, and take over you and control you. Neither let it be afraid. Amen. We don't need to live our lives in fear. And when fears do come, we need to cast them on Jesus and believe that he takes care of all of our fears. Amen. Church, peace is the absence of fear and the presence of an almighty God. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Because perfect peace can only come from God. I know, hey, listen, I know. Listen. When all your family's around you, when all your kids are in the sitting room, you're all watching the TV together, everybody feels great, it feels peaceful. But without God there in the mix, that peace is not perfect peace. Amen? Because another time will come when you're sitting in the sitting room on your own and your family are out here and they're out there and they're here. And the temptation will be for you to fear. Amen? That's when we need to turn to Jesus. Amen? For perfect peace. 2 Thessalonians 3 says, Now may the peace of the Lord himself, sorry, may the, may the, Lord, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you all to do with trust. Amen? It's all to do with trust. If your fear is stronger than your faith, then your trust is in the fear. Amen? Amen. But if your fear is still there, but your trust is in God, then God's got it. Amen? Amen? Church, fear, worry, anxiety are not from God. You know that, don't you? They're there to defeat you and distract you from trusting in God, the giver of peace, the author and finisher of our faith. Last scripture. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. It says to you and me, casting all your cares or fears upon Jesus, who cares for you. Yes. Amen? Yes. 